You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. You know, we often talk during the show, and Doug often gets mad because we talk about too much stuff that could have been a show. We basically, I've been here since, what, 1130, 11.40, and we basically just did a show before we actually started even rolling. Sifts. Save it for the show. Sifts. It's a Sifts disease. uh, I have it. I, I absolutely tested positive <laughs> for that disease. And we, not and I both were just talking outside of the studio. Doug, a little bit talking with us as well, but basically just kind of researching our ideas. Like you were, we were doing a live show outside the studio. You were looking everything up for us as we were talking and having a normal conversation. And you were basically producing life for us outside of the studio. Mm. And so now we've talked about a ton of stuff here. And it just goes to show you the type of show we are. Like, I don't, sometimes I don't know what type of show we are. No. I like to think that we can give you some competent basketball opinions every now and then. And then you listen to the Matt Geiger fact of the day intro. No, well, look, look, here, here's the thing. Normally, during the season, we're going to give you chock full of basketball. But you know what? It's not the season. Yeah, I. It's I'm not, sorry, man. I don't. I don't got much for you on Joe Cheely right now. Going into his game, no, no, we ain't got much. And I mean, he didn't show much in summer league either. So hey, mm. look, congratulations, Joe Cheely. You've made it to training <laughs> camp. Now it's on you to actually make us care. After that, we could talk about this Nick Batum to the Rockets non-rumor hoopshype.com posited trade theory. I mean, we could. <laughs> we, we, we could do that. We I know could. Nada has or, been talking about it on Twitter a lot. We could talk about your bit. interview on Locked On Wizards about Dwight Howard. Yes, all makes sense. Yes. All would make sense. We could talk about that. Or we could talk about the best NBA tattoos. Mm. I, I like that one. I do like that one. The best NBA tattoos is an intriguing topic. I think that's what we should lead off with today. The best NBA tattoos. No, 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 no. Again, I thought we were going to be voting like we were going to go on Hornets.com right now and vote on the top ten best on based on best hair. Well, I thought we, well, I thought we would save that for when we got to my number seventeen, or we could do that now. Do we go? There's too many stuff to talk. There's too much stuff to talk about. No, we, again, we, do, do we want to go tattoos or we want to go best hair, Doug? So, I like, I like tat. Let's start with tattoos and then go to hair. So the hair idea, real quickly. It's going to so we have the top we have the thirtieth anniversary for the Charlotte Hornets franchise. Yes. As you know, because I've been putting together a money list of the top thirty Charlotte Hornets of all time. M- now, money list. It's it's fantastic. Now what we're going to do is the Charlotte Hornets, they are having everyone vote on who the top ten Hornets of all time are. They have forty four listed players, correct, Doug? You have forty four options. That's correct. Instead of, because we're already doing our own list, I'm about to give you the top 30, and we're going to make you wait for it. The Hornets were really close. They tried. To infringing on our copyright. They were a third of the way there. But eventually, they did it to where we don't have to sue anybody. So that's good. So now, what we're going to do instead of gauge who the best Charlotte Hornets are of all time, top 10-wise for them. We can't do that. We can't give away our list. No, we can't. No, we can't. It'd be dumb. But we can do it. Based on the best hair in Hornets history. Yes. Yes, we can. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the best 
Hornet hairstyles that have ever been a part of the franchise. But now I want to go to the tattoos. And the tattoos we were discussing <laughs> probably won't get into how we eventually got down that road. That was a fun road to, to go on. But we eventually got to the road of tattoos in the NBA and some of the best tattoos to ever be inked on somebody, some athlete's skin. And we, we were trying to come up with an all-athlete all or all-tattoo team. And I've all, I've only got a few. Yeah. Um Rashid Wallace is a part of my all tattoo yes. team because he's got a great that that's one of my favorite NBA tattoos of all time is the sun. The sun, yeah. that big sun on his delt. Yeah, exactly. Like again, Rashid Wallace is one of those people that is going to be an innovator that does not get enough credit for what he did during his time. And and, and again, it's it's Sheed. Sheed is just cool. Sheed is literally a synonym for cool. That son, Doug's got it there, who's ever's following us on Twitter live right now. That son is money. And what is there? Oh, there's point. I didn't know that, that there was, what is it? Things that are pointing away yeah. from the sun viewed as rays. Good job, whoever did that tattoo towards uh, for Rashid Wallace. Kenyon Martin, you Kenyon, brought it up. Kenyon Martin is also on there, yeah. Well, I think just going back a, to Rashid, tat- well, it's take. a sun, but it's it's also got some Egyptian flavor, and the sun god, the Egyptian sun god, is Ra. So How do you know Ra, Sheed. Yeah. See, smart, listen, I'm a smart guy. You just love chaos. Are you lying to us right now? No, no, he's not. Sun god he's, is Ra? He's, he's actually being like... That's correct. It, it, he's being 100% accurate. I just accurate. cracked this code. That makes the... Yeah, no, you're right. My mind is almost blown. I'm impressed. No, I my my mind is blown, and that makes that tattoo even all the more awesome that you would have that kind of flavor to the sun. I didn't even realize. I knew there was a reason I liked it so much. You could brought up Kenyon Martin, the lips on the neck. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that one because that one involves him being engaged to a to Trina, Still. and that, and that one, <laughs> that that one, yeah, we. It's could the leave one. That it's one. the thing I most notice when I look at Kenyon Martin. Of course, I it see is. those lips more before I see anything else. I'm not going to say too much bad about Kenyon Martin because he will fight you. He will fight you. We had him in studio one time, and and, <laughs> and that was awesome. He was cool. Like he yeah. obviously he didn't want to fight us. We didn't make fun of his lips on his neck. I wish I. So I actually wasn't on air with him i know he was in the studio yeah i would have brought it up though you think he would have fought me if i yes, brought it up he would have. I, I can't even like bring it up and say like that's no, iconic no, for you, no, you can't bring no, it up no 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 put it on the poll would walker have been punched in the face by Kenyon martin had he brought up the lips tattoo yeah we need to put that on, on, the poll. on his neck with kmart i try again i try to bring you out of the projects walker and this is how you do me it's where my heart resides chris anderson is on all in the all time yes. uh tattoo they're self-explanatory there that twitter meme where it transitions from phase to phase of his career (laughs) where he has zero tats except for some not well done and one thing i think on his arm some kind of really poorly done tattoo to eventually where it is all bright colors exuding from everything part of his body chris birdman anderson literally got the fire flower of tattoos he uh, went to Miami. Yeah, he was. I certainly deserves to be on the team. Some of the best tattoos just out there. Mari Stoudemire has a Black Jesus tattoo. Yes, he does. I'm a fan of anybody who calls himself Black Jesus. So Mari Stoudemire, I'm now a fan of you. Also, what are some other the other ones? That Robert Swift has Robert a tattoo Swift. calling himself White Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and again, how long did he last in the league? Like what, three, four years? Tops. Yeah, that, that tattoo will long. last forever, though. It will. Yes, it will, and it won't age well. Robert Swift pictures. Are tough to look at. If you don't know who Robert Swift is, was guy what he went to? Where did he go to school? He went to school in no. I think Robert Swift went to school in like Mississippi. 
Oh, it was uh, it was high school. That's yeah, right. Was, I, I was thinking high school. I was thinking of the Luke brothers for some reason. No. no, Robert Swift. That was another white basketball player I was thinking of. Robert Swift, the guy who came out of high school, did not play all that well in the NBA. That's right. But he g- let his hair grow out, got some bad tattoos, and Robert Swift again, the white Michael yeah. Jordan. That's a great one. The Mississippi came out of that man. <laughs> it the Mississippi came it eventually out of that showed man. itself. It eventually ingrained itself on its skin. Do we have any other tattoos? Well, speaking of tattoos that didn't age well, I'm going to put this one on the screen. How about this Reggie Miller belly button oh. tattoo? <laughs> we had all the jokes for that pre-show. That was a bad one. And I and I love Reggie Miller. Being a Pacers fan, I Reggie Miller is one of my favorite basketball players, and that is an awful tattoo. And it did not get better with age as his belly got bigger because Reggie, one of the most frail basketball players of all yes. time, one of the skinniest dudes could hula hoop through a Cheerio. And when you give him that sun tattoo around his belly button, his belly grew bigger and so did the sun. And so looked did great his- on those Sick. washboard abs. Looked okay. Looked like, right? Okay. Like it, it was it was okay on the washboard abs. And then it eventually certainly did not look No, okay. no, it's one of those things like like it was only him and Dan removal. Cortez that put that had the idea to do that dumb stuff. I, I, it's it's not. It's I, him I, and Dan Cortez, and neither neither of them have aged well since. I'm not trying to get a tad on my belly button. That's for sure. No. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets and on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Lockdown Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson NBA, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. Did I tell you I wanted a tattoo once upon a time in my life? Let me, let me hear what? this. Yeah, you tease this story. I want once to hear upon this. a time. I was, I wasn't going to get one. Like if I would have played basketball in college and I had some heart problems, mm-hmm. and I eventually didn't play. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I would have gotten one if I would have played for some street cred out there. And the tattoo that I wanted to get, <laughs> was, what, what, what was the tattoo? Let me hear this idea. The tattoo. So as you well know, my nickname, my awesome nickname, the oh mailman, god, oh god. What I wanted to do, oh god, <laughs> I wanted to get a basketball player spinning a ball on his finger. In the USPO outfit. So I wanted like the American Postal Service type of shirt. <laughs> I wanted the khaki shorts. I wanted him spinning a basketball on his finger wearing that outfit. Maybe a mailbag with envelopes flying out of the mailbag. Like there's so much mail in this there. This is it's a complicated kinda, tattoo. It was. It was very complicated. It was very detailed. And I was ready to fork over the money once upon a time. I think I would have got it. Like my arms weren't big enough. To put it on my arms, like they're just not muscular enough to make it look good there. So I was thinking about maybe getting it like somewhere on my belly, maybe to the left side, like on the left side of my body. Something you should have like used that. it as motivation to get stronger. I have to get my arm big enough to fit this complex tattoo that it, it I ju- want to put on. My yeah, it just, it just, and maybe once upon a time I could have done it. I could have put the work into make my arms a little bit bigger, but I never got the tattoo. And my theory on tattoo before you explode, Nana, is I feel like. To a certain degree, I almost feel like the younger you are, maybe what senior year of high school, I think is is yeah. like you you need to get some tattoos because that's the time that you need to show your body off. Like you know, maybe sophomore year too early, but junior year, maybe even senior year. I'm an advocate. It, here, here's here's the thing. Normally, this would be the point in the t- show where I would say, <laughs> "You uncultured savage." I can't even do that with you right now. All I have, I am a disappointed person right now that you would have the gall, mm-hmm. much less the brainless. I thought Steve you had more brain, more brain cells in your head than to think that was a good idea. I like the tattoo. I would I expect that great. out of Doug, not you. <laughs> I would not. 
I don't think I would expect the tattoo out of Doug, out of especially that kind of tattoo. Uh, again, 30 going on 60, Doug? No, I don't expect that out of him at all. But younger Doug, like is that, six, is six, that go ahead, sorry. 16 going to like 24, Doug? I could expect that. I can expect that. I was about to say, is that weird to hear from your pod dad that once upon a time he wanted to have a tattoo, or is that pretty No, I am disappointed. I'm looking for I'm looking to get emancipated right now. <laughs> I'm I'm looking to find some emancipation papers or something. Nick Batum to the Rockets for Ryan Anderson. That's an interesting trade there by hoopshype.com. It absolutely is, and we're gonna talk about it after we take one quick break. We're gonna let Nada settle in and try to calm down so we can have an interesting, competent conversation on a Nick Batum trade to the Rockets for Ryan Anderson and what that would mean for both sides. Stick around with the Lockdown Hornets Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets Podcast. And that was also a connection of a connection because the new Carolina Panthers owner, David Tepper, looks like the guy trying to defuse the bomb at the elementary school and die hard with a vengeance, which I thought looked like John Hurd, a.k.a. Kevin McAllister's dad. A.k.a. Peter McAllister. I never would have got that. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I've seen Nada go at some people about this Nick Batum, Ryan Anderson, just not even a rumor, but a hypothetical trade that could happen between Houston and Charlotte that some people feel would make sense for the Houston Rockets to acquire Nick Batum. Nick Batum, let's go through the numbers contractually real quick. Batum is going to be a part of the Hornets, at least payroll, for the next three seasons, assuming that Batum would opt into his player option the third season at $27 million, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent. Ryan Anderson not getting paid as much, but still quite a bit for his lack of services for the Houston Rockets. $20 million the first year, $21 the second year. Then he's an unrestricted free agent. So there has been a hoopshype.com trade theory that possibly Nick Batum could be sent to the Rockets in exchange for Ryan Anderson. Essentially, you would have one year less and less money coming from the 610 Cal grad instead of paying Nick Batum the all the money that you owe him under uh, the contract given to him by Rich Cho. And the Rockets would get more use out of Nick Batum for sure. Yeah. Not a why isn't this trade going to happen? Can, can, can we do a little logic train here? Who did the – I'm going to ask you a question, and this is a yes or no answer. Did or did not the Hornets sign Tony Parker this summer? Did. Is Tony Parker not French? Did. Is <laughs> – He <laughs> <Okay>. is. <laughs> He's indeed French. Thank you for derailing this entire thing. <laughs> Two questions in. Right, okay. So number three, our Batum does not – doesn't Batum consider Tony Parker like his older brother? No, he does. If you're going to do this, and we've seen that Nick Batum and the Hornets have had a plan in place this entire time, why in the world would it make sense to trade Nick Batum for a guy you don't have a position for? And that was totally offbeat, and you know what? That's okay. It's all right. Uh, and that point, you talk about what contract you would rather have on your team. You know, it's I guess the the enticing part of this is Ryan Anderson having one less year, but you get basically 
no use from Ryan Anderson. You and how and how no. old is he at this point? He's got to be 30. 30. Yeah, he's got to be 30 years old. And Ryan Anderson looking up now, yeah, he's 30 years old. By the end of his contract, he's going to be, you know, he's, you're going to have him in his 31 and 32-year-old season. And it's someone that can shoot from beyond the arc, but still, it's talking about defense. I mean, you're asking for a slower Frank Kaminsky. I mean, no. at, put, put yourself in that situation. Do you, do you want to bring on a slower Frank Kaminsky on this team and, and then pay him $20 million to do so? If they did that, we would have a legitimate Twitter feed. I would make Doug do this, by the way, of me gouging my eyeballs out. <laughs> I, I, I would again, y'all would, y'all would see me on a live broadcast gouge my eyeballs out because I don't want to watch this team. Stay tuned next. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good to gouge his eyeballs out next. Uh, yeah, Doug, what do you think about the trade? Well, I think I mean, it it signals something that people are seeing in the Charlotte Hornets, which is they they need to get off some of these longer term deals if. If, in fact, this team that they've put together is not going to be a contender in the Eastern Conference, they will eventually look to unravel some of the long-term deals that they set uh, into motion in the Rich Cho era. So this would be one way to do that, right? To find a contending team that is missing a piece here or there and to unload a, a Nick Batum. But that would presuppose that a team like the Houston Rockets would be interested in the services of Nick Batum. The interesting thing about this HoopsHype.com article is that it suggests that the Houston Rockets would need defensive help. Yeah, Nick Batum ain't that. And Nick Batum, I thought, was actually... When, you go back to when he transitions, when he gets the dealt to the Charlotte Hornets, he actually put up some pretty decent defensive numbers yeah. at the end of his career in Portland. I know he had that kind of rebuilding year here with Charlotte where actually defensively... I know Rick Bennell talked about it constantly, how you thought Nick Batum would even have a better season the year after his first year in Charlotte because MKG, coming off of his injury-ridden season would assume the duties of the best perimeter player, yep. and then it would salvage more rest for Nick Batum to do more work on the offensive end. But defensively, right, like as as Nick Batum, as these guys get older, their defensive prowess goes out the door more and more. Exactly, and more importantly for what Nick Batum does now, and I would say he shoulders entirely too much of an offensive load sometimes, you're asking for him, he would go back to being a defensive player but I think him, the days of him being a defensive three and D guy, and just that have been long since gone. Ever since like the last year in Portland, honestly. This is a deal that I could see happening around closer to the trade deadline if the season yeah. is not going well. But Nick Batum is is playing well enough to garner some kind of interest. If those two things are both happening at the same time, then I could see the Hornets deciding that at all costs they need to shed years. Off of off of some of these long term deals, then it makes sense, and it would make it. I think it makes sense right now for Houston because it's just going to be more useful to them mm-hmm. as as a basketball team. And you talk about somebody that does have the ability to facilitate an offense a little bit. I mean, you, you don't. I mean, besides I, James Harden can facilitate, but that's you know he's going to go get buckets. Like you, you could have Nick Batum in a more a, a downgraded role, and I think it'd probably suit him better in that team. Again, a guy like Nick Batum on the Houston Rockets, with him and Melo probably anchoring a second unit and giving those giving guys like Harden and Paul more rest. That it makes sense for Houston in a certain way. It really doesn't ever make sense for the Hornets. And say what you want about the contracts, I think there's still more like there's an eject button on this roster, no matter what. And uh, the homie Nick Den- Denning, friend of the show. He had an article a couple days ago about if there's anybody that's probably leaving this team on a trade, it's Jeremy Lamb. That's the guy. We're not going to talk about Nick Batum just yet. 
again, Jeremy Lamb's the guy. Nick Batum is ancillary for right now. And Jeremy Lamb, someone that's not making all that much money, only $7 million a year at this point, but somebody that has been referenced constantly by Bobby Marks as a, a possible cap casualty because the rest of the payroll is just so entrenched in bad contracts yeah. or you know pretty pretty bad contracts. And Jeremy Lamb might have to be the sacrificial lamb. Pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. And that's the guy. I mean, if you want to afford Kemba, because Kemba's going to get at least $25 million a year next year, you get rid of Lamb. It's that simple. I, I, I mean, I don't know how much harder you can make it at this point. No, it makes sense. It makes sense on both fronts, and both have been mentioned quite a bit before. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have podcasts on nearly every team in the NFL, NBA, MLB, and fantasy sports. Just search your podcast app for Locked On and your team to get more podcasts. Um, you can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson, L O H and Nada at Nada the Scribe. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll come back with some Dwight Howard comments, also the 17th best Charlotte Hornet of all time, and we'll try to go down the list of the Hornets that the actual team gives us, and we'll try to rank them in franchise history by hair. All compelling stuff. You're not going to get this anywhere else but the Locked On Hornets podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. Now that we have this question, <laughs> I, got, I, I feel like I need to ask this. Mm-hmm. Are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks? Pumpkin pie folks. Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get double entries in our contents, our contests and access to content. Before anyone else, patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. We'll go to Dwight Howard real quickly. <laughs> I did a podcast. I did the episode with the Locked On Wizards podcast, and I, I spoke with Arthur Renault and, of course, Dwight Howard being signed by the Washington Wizards after getting bought out by the Brooklyn Nets after the Charlotte Hornets trade. Uh, one year deal with a one year option, correct? Not Play, a, so yes. five year, uh, five million dollars a year is the compensation. Essentially, it's two for ten because there's no way Dwight is opting out of that second year. Yeah, you wouldn't think so with the value that has been now tabbed to him based on the trades that we we've gotta seen. We got to put value couple. in air quotes. By well, the way. It's, it's it's not very good value, but according to Dwight Howard, he signed with the Washington Wizards because the Wizards. Won the Dwight Howard sweepstakes over Golden State by John Wall's seven-word DM to him. That's um, direct message on Instagram for those of us that don't For direct message. Yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, Leave yeah. it to Doug to keep us hip these days. <laughs> Dwight Howard yes, yes. told NBC Sports that the Warriors inquired about acquiring Dwight Howard. But a seven-word DM from John Wall lured him to stay in the capital city. That seven-word DM, do you want to come to D.C.? That's it? That was it. Basically a question. Yeah, that was a question. It lured him. I was like, that John, was all it took. you know what? You make a compelling case. I'm in. <laughs> like, like that, that's it? Do like, I want to come to D.C.? Damn. I I think I do. God, d- damn, John, that's perfect. That is perfect. Excellent job. That's your so boy, I guess Nada. the question. Boy. I guess the question is, do we believe Dwight Howard? No. That there was, that Absolutely there was not. Actual interest in Dwight Howard over... DeMarcus Cousins 
in Golden State. Well, maybe now I think maybe DeMarcus Cousins you put out of this because they have been documented as saying we had no clue DeMarcus we could get him. Right. Yeah. I mean, because Golden DeMarcus State DeMarcus called them. Right. It's, it's, Remember, which DeMarcus. makes this all hilarious. Right. I mean, and we, you know, reliving this super team, adding yet another all NBA player that they had no clue they could get DeMarcus. You know, you have Bob Myers calling Steve Kerr, calling Kevin Durant. Everybody's calling each other. You know, well, we got a shot at DeMarcus Cousins. And eventually you sign him for the mid-level exception. Yes, exactly. So maybe maybe DeMar- I I don't think that they really were trying to go after Dwight Howard. One, it doesn't make sense for them. It, it's all about Dwight buying into his role, and he's not going to. Here's 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 where this like loses me. Yes, you add Dwight Howard to the Warriors. How long is it before uh, David West kills him? Like legitimately, yeah. how how soon between David West and Draymond Green? Which one of them kills him first? We've got too much content, but. If we were to do an all-back alley team one time, David West is on. Dave, David West is like the all-star and the MVP. He's a captain. If you're doing it by the NBA all-star regime, David West is my captain that I've appointed to be of my all-back Oh, yeah, all hands. All so, hands. And so David West and Dwight Howard. Him that and probably, James Johnson. That probably would, yeah, right. No, that would be that would be another good one. And we need to save it. Save it for the show. Yeah. What is it? Sifts? Whatever Sifts. you said that we save have. Save it for yeah, the next we'll, show. We'll try yes. to save it for the next show. Doug. Um yeah, I mean, what would he, Dwight Howard? Well, in this buy scenario into? that that Dwight Howard is creating, he's essentially saying that he decided not to go to Golden State because that was a surefire championship. Instead, he wanted to go to Washington, where it would mean more to the Wizards if he was able to help lead them. <laughs> To a championship, there's a little. Again, I think there's a lot of ego tied up into this, where he believes that that he is the missing piece for a franchise to get any franchise to get them to a championship. Whereas he knows for a fact that he would not be a missing piece in Golden State because they've won plenty without him. So you look no, at Washington. He'd be missing. You you would look at Washington. You look at that roster, and you're thinking, Jan Mahimi, just one Dwight Howard Jason away. Smith. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get my PT there. And apparently he and John Wall are, are real buddy-buddy based on For that now. fantastic seven-word DM that he sent him. But now I think they're starting to work out together, trying to figure have out Have you seen John you Wall like in the post. recently? No, I have the, seen John the man, Wall. The man looks like a hostage. This man looks like he's been taken hostage. And that's from hanging out with Dwight for about six weeks. That's how I feel every show. He's already tired. How dare you? How dare you? It's the summer. (laughs) It's being held hostage to do the show with us. I I apologize. Are we the John Wall? I don't apologize. Are we the Dwight Howard to your John Wall? Is that what you're saying? Is not of the Dwight Howard to your John Wall? No, I'm probably the Dwight. You're probably the Dwight. Dwight. No, I, I think you have a bigger impact on the show than what Dwight would have for that team. I'll give you. Thank I'll give you. you that benefit thank of you. I'll, I no. will thank you. I will thank you. So every once in a while, we can we can praise each other every now and then. But no, I, I think when you talk about Dwight Howard of the Wizards, I, I was talking again. Arthur Renault, host of the Locked On Wizards podcast, you can go check out that episode on the. You Locked were too on nice to him. Yeah, I I don't think I was though. You I, were too I, nice to no, him. No, no, I. I told him about Dwight Howard's box score and how misleading it is. It's Did, again. Here's the thing: Did you tell him that the fart jokes will, that Dwight tells during the <laughs> during the game will get old by game 15? Did you tell him that? I I told him that when you he asked he basically what he asked for was the the bright moments and the questionable moments that just proved this is the old Dwight that we've seen go from team to team. I told him there wasn't really. 
one moment that comes to mind that was just so bad that you roll your eyes about Dwight. Maybe it's it's the trend, right? It's the 18-foot jump shot yeah. that you're taking every single game. You're good for one, maybe two, every single game of a jump shot about 18 feet out. It's the out post-up Dwight. turnovers. It's the post-up turnovers. It's the, I'm going to dribble it a couple times back down. Maybe give you a dunk, so it might be worth it a little bit, but you take away from some from a, uh, from a some of the three-point shooters that are on the team as well. I mean, it, it, it's such a fascinating player to talk about, especially at this stage of his career, because you look at the box score, 16.5 points, 12.5 rebounds, 55% field goal percentage, which is the third worst of his career, but still a good field goal percentage. You think, that guy helps my team, and yet the Hornets had the same exact amount of wins as they did the year previously. And more importantly, this is the same team that, Again, this the Hornets got rid of him after one year because he couldn't get along with anybody, or they just, he just wore everybody down. The Hawks did it the same same again year before. Talking about the Rockets that were basically like, "Look, get out of here. We do not want you." The, the trade for pennies on the dollar is amazing. Yeah, it, but it, I, but I wonder how much of it really is sort of the Brendan Haywood analysis that he just absolutely devastates a locker room and that he is a you know a quote unquote cancer, and how much of it is that he fundamentally shifts what you want to do offensively yeah. and possibly defensively. And and for some teams, that's just, it's too much. 100% agree, and I made that point on the pod today. I said, the term cancer in the locker room gets thrown out way too much. And didn't right? Marvin walk that back just a little bit, and, too? And, well, he, he went on the David Glenn show, and he said that was not true, that there was not a huge rift in the locker room between Marvin and everybody else, that that simply was a false statement. And so people want to give Dwight Howard that tab of, and, and cancer in the locker room is such a popular statement for him, and it's just way too harsh to me. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of players that don't like Dwight. That's yeah. a fact, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we know players simply don't get along with Dwight Howard in the locker room, but he doesn't destroy it. I mean, it, destroying a locker room, it's almost like you have a bunch of one half of your team pick one side, the other half pick another, and all of a sudden you have no. a war of a team within itself, and the Civil War just destructs everything. Destroying a locker room, you would be trading somebody other than Dwight if that was the case. Right. You're not destroying it, but severely disrupting it? Completely different. Maybe he's an allergy. He's yeah. not cancer. No, that's, not. that's too harsh. He's so, an allergy. So basically, you're saying he's gluten right now. Yeah, like if you're if you're allergic to gluten, he's probably a little too much. You're, you're probably having an unsettled stomach. Maybe you're breaking out in a little bit of hives, but eventually you're going to be fine and you're going to move on. If there were issues, I'll say this as someone that that covered the team closely last season. If there were issues between players and Dwight Howard, then they were buried under the surface because you you saw very few quotes that you could even sort of kind of attribute to a rift with Dwight Howard. And, and you saw uh, zero uh, kind of altercations or, or anything like that. So, right. and, and again, he's asking, were there any blown up moments? And there's not. It, no. It's all about the way that the team plays basketball, that it was a design. It was designed where Dwight Howard was a focal point of that offense. And that's just not how winning basketball is played today. Dwight Howard's body, his role, it suits him best to run rim to rim, play some defense, go get all the rebounds, get the trash buckets, offensive rebounds that you convert back into fun dunks, average 10 to 12 based on that, and not have the ball get dumped into you. And having 17, 15, 13, 20 shots per game, that's the part about Dwight Howard that it hurts a franchise. That, I, that's the specific thing. Can I make a prediction right now? Yes, mm-hmm. I will allow it. 
that it will not be John Wall in Washington who first shows signs of strain with Dwight Howard. It will be it will be Bradley Beal. Yeah, because he doesn't pass yeah. out of the post well. That's, exactly, and yeah, we talked about. Wait, he's not stretching the floor. One, and that's interesting, right? So Gortat and John Wall had this massive beef that eventually led to Gortat's kicking out of Washington because, yes. of course, you're choosing John Wall it's, for Austin Rivers. We might add, and who's not necessarily the sure. best locker room guy, but but Gortat. At least he could hit an 18-footer. I mean, he, he could hit that jump shot. Yes. Dwight Howard ain't hitting that. You're begging Dwight to take that shot. Yes. It's going to clog the paint a little bit more for John Wall. Wall and, and Dwight are going to get along fine, especially because Wall can throw uh, Dwight Howard the, the lobs. The lobs are what's going to be yeah. enticing. That, that Kimba could never throw to Dwight Howard. And they still, I thought, Kimba and Dwight had a great relationship last season. It was, it was Batum who was throwing out some quotes about about uh, you know teamwork and and different things that that made you wonder if there was if there was some tension there and 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 it was Nick Batum who saw his role decrease as Dwight's role increased and it's yeah. why Dwight was not among the top thirty Charlotte Hornets of all time I, I agree Which, let's get to that speaking list speaking of the top thirty Charlotte Hornets let's list of all quick. time we need to go yeah let's go to the best beer of all time Doug what you got the 16th best beer, right? 16 or 17? 17th. 17th best Charlotte Horn or Charlotte <laughs> beer of all time is the Renaissance time. Honey Pie. Never had this it. better not be a se- another seasonal beer. January to February, you can find it Good at God. Birdsong Brewing, a double IPA <laughs> that pops with a strong blend of hops and its special ingredient, local honey. Buy local. Go Charlotte. All right, honey pie. Never had it. Have you ever had it? No. Seasonal. I guess try I couldn't it. get it right now. I can't January. try it. January to February. Right. I have no, to wait a while. Yeah, you got to wait a while. You're teasing us. Small All right. window. The 17th, we're moving on now. 17th beer was honey pie. Now we're going to go to the 17th best Charlotte Hornet of I've all time. I've heard there's a last minute change to this list, too. Um, There was. There was a last minute okay. change. Um, maybe not, not last minute, but after... Thinking about it a little How bit. How long clearly, have you I been did. deliberating on this? Oh, a little bit. I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm cool with where I am. The 17th best Charlotte Hornet of all time, according to Walker Mail, is Rex Chapman. Rex Chapman comes in on this list. Oh, this is a little too low for me, but I understand. Right, Sexy right. Rexy. Sexy Rexy coming in at 17. Um Look, played three and a half years for the Charlotte Hornets. That fourth year, he played basically just the 20 games uh, in a Hornets uniform. The first three years, 75 games, 54-70. He he was a part of the all-rookie team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Averaged 17, 17 and a half, and 16 points per game. Didn't shoot that well from beyond the arc, but and also didn't shoot that well from the field in his time here. But it was somebody that was fun. Had a dunk contest under his belt, not <laughs> yes, a win, did. but did have a, a he did he, he didn't win, right? No, no, he, no, did he didn't not win. win. No. I thought you said he did. No, mm-hmm. so he, he had a dunk contest under his belt. It is one of my favorite ones. One I like to em- emulate in the backyard all the time, where you throw it behind your back and the alley oop to yourself. It was oh. a, it never it a never fun. looks good though. Now, I yeah, I think if you watch me do it on an eight foot goal, you might disagree. But no, no it was it probably was a, not. Probably <laughs> a, not. It was a cool dunk. I I liked that. And Rex Chapman, a, a good player in his young days here with the Charlotte Hornets, but comes in at 17. It, there was a couple guys, one in particular, that I had a hard time trying to decipher who was going to be 17 and 16. But I think I Rex know Chapman. who this guy is, and Rex, if it is, then I can justify it. Rex, I got I to gotta hear 16, 15. All right. All right. 
All right, we'll wait on. Your, Stay your, tuned. Your thoughts? On what, do you, what do you think? Rex Chapman, uh, 16, Rex Chapman, 17, I mean. Fantastic player on NBA All-Star Challenge on the Game Boy. Uh, was, <laughs> was a go-to player for I me. I measured that. I think he was a member of the Phoenix Suns in that game and not uh, the Charlotte Hornets, but but I, I stand by my statement. Uh, yeah, Rex Chapman, I'm fine with him at 17. Get some original kind of early Hornets in there. I like it. Yeah, Rex Chapman coming in at 17. Stay tuned for 16. I think the list starts to heat up pretty quickly. Do we have enough time for the hair thing? Do you want to go? Let's save it for Thursday. Let's save it for Thursday. Let's save the Charlotte Hornets. We've got my list of the best Charlotte Hornets of all time. We'll go to the list of Charlotte Hornets who have had the best hair during their time with the franchise. Yeah, this website, by the way, Hornets30.com is the the official Hornets30vote.com. Hornets. Well, that's where you vote, but you, I think the actual, the homepage, it's a very confusing, I think. There's, yeah, because I think the Hornets, yeah, it's Hornets30.com is the URL for the main page, and then you can vote, you vote, which oh, changes gotcha. the URL to Hornets30vote.com. Anyhow... All that aside, <laughs> it's a cool website. Uh, it's a very it's cool the, website. The, the official team's website for the 30th anniversary. Yeah, and we'll have to go there to decipher who has the best hair in Charlotte Hornets of all uh, Charlotte Hornets history, who have the best hair among guys who played in that jersey for whatever length of time they eventually did it in. We'll take uh, we'll take this now to the end of the show. We'll be back 16th best Charlotte Hornet of all time next week. Again, we'll talk about the Charlotte Hornets hair, and who knows, man? I mean, it's there there may be something that may happen, and we may have. <laughs> to discuss it crazy start to the show today uh it was fun walker mail not edwards doug branson thanks for listening to locked on hornets here on the locked on podcast network follow us on twitter and instagram at locked on hornets subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher overcast wherever you get your podcasts just search locked on hornets we'll talk to you again thursday